Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Today, we're so blessed that you're joining us as we're going to be concluding this absolutely great interview with John Stewart, producer of a great expose documentary titled The Gray Area about UFOs and aliens and government cover-ups and all that. Now, if you missed part one, you need to go back and listen to the preceding episode. John gave us some details about his background, and just to spike your interest a little bit, in case you don't recognize John Stewart's name, he is a former professional wrestler whose name was the illustrious one at the highest wrestling levels. Does that sound familiar? I know it probably does to some of the older listeners out there like myself. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with that. But John is also a former candidate for both congressman and governor, and he's now a successful businessman and, as I said, producer of this great documentary. Hey, man, glory to God. But right now, let's jump back into the conclusion of this interview with John Stewart. Have you ever had your own personal encounters? I have not, but I've had strange, I've had strangers in, in my life um, for four years. Let me tell a very quick, bizarre story that I, that I had to ask other ufologists um, and, and, and folks, you know, I, I hate to say this is on the souls of my children because that's very, that's, you know, I don't like saying that, but yeah. my right hand to God on this story, it's 1997. I'm reading a conspiracy book, probably one of the most famous books in ufology called behold of pale horse. It was from a Naval intelligence person. And in the book, he's telling, look, the government has the ability from technology garnered from extraterrestrials to almost remote view a, a, a target, a person, to see what they're looking at, to see what they're thinking. I am rolling my eyes. It's 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning. It's 1997. I get a page. Remember, we had pagers back in the 90s. And it's a phone number. I call it. It's the Excalibur nightclub in Chicago. And the woman says, um, I said, oh, you just paged me. No, I didn't. I'm making the story quick. She said, well, no one has. This is my private office. I'm the general manager. Folks, listen to me. She said, there's only three people that have this number. Me, the owners, and my husband. I don't know how you got this phone number. I said, so you're the general manager of Excalibur Nightclub. She's like, yes. And I said, I am really sorry to bother you. Hung up the phone with her. Pastor, not an hour later. A minute later, I turned the page of this book, and on top, the next chapter was the Excalibur Project of the government. That is the uh, that is the honest to God story. And I talked to people like Jim Mars, who was a, a conspiracy ufologist researcher, um, a, a John Lear, who you know who was the godfather of ufology, uh, Stanton Friedman, nuclear physicist, another godfather of ufology, who all said. Look, the mathematical probability of that happening, the timing that it happened, completely impossible. And there's only two people or two groups that could have done that to you. One is in the sky and one is the government. And um, so I've had weirdness like that. I had a dream very quickly 
this is this is also a positive to tell your viewers put good stuff in your mind and god will will show you the roadmap and he will yeah, make amen. it come to fruition right. it's 1988 i'm in college i'm a part-time pro wrestler you know i'm having this crazy life and i have a daydream while i'm sleeping of being the governor of illinois in in leading the state against an army of aliens a silly daydream look what happened in 2018 I ran for governor of Illinois and I was involved in an alien investigation. Again, yes. I'm not saying that to be to befuddle people or to impress people. Folks, put good thoughts in a good roadmap in your brain. Brain, I'm telling you, yeah. God, God will Amen. give you and show you the roadmap in his time. Trust Amen. me on that. Where did you first go so for information in your research? This is why I came to you. That isn't that. No one's ever asked that question of me. I've always had to, I always had to get that answer. <laughs> Pastor, I knew no one in ufology. I knew no one in military, a couple of people in Hollywood. So I did know that some ufologists, sorry for shaking my screen, that some ufologists, once they write the book, once they do the documentary, go on radio programs, oftentimes whistleblowers will come forward to them whether it's the sending them a cache of photos to their house, sending them a video, sending, calling them, giving them information. So I said, what do I have? What do I have at my disposal? Well, it's the internet. I have podcasts. So I started contacting conspiracy and ufology podcasts and a, a woman named Kara, Carrie Cassidy of the project Camelot, who's this repository of whistleblowers, let me on her program. And that started this Oprah effect of putting out that, Here's this crazy bald guy from Chicago who needs help investigating this film. I went on a program called Jeff Rents from JeffRents.com. He's like the Drudge Report, a compository of alternative news, biggest in the world. And uh, two weeks after going on his program, I started to get an email and emails, plural, from this this uh, this intelligence whistleblower who, after nine months, gave me on my birthday this this entire report coincidentally the dia did not call this a, a theft a smuggle of the film on the report it says an unauthorized viewing meaning that and i found out that it really wasn't stolen off this facility it was it was smuggled off of area 51 but not out of the underground facility but it was called an unauthorized viewing but the man that sent me that report you know heard me on one of these podcasts. So I try to give it the Oprah effect and it worked. And and I think it worked because I, I hope that I come across that I'm sincere pastor. I never, I never, never approached a, a contact or informant with gotcha questions. I always kissed the papal ring, so to speak. I always came um, humbled and penitent and, and, and just wanting to know the truth. And I think that resonated with people. And I think that got around the intelligence community of men and women that wanted this, want this truth to come out because we have heard, I have heard that there's a bloodless civil war in the intelligence community of half of the people want disclosure and half want to still keep this secret. So yeah. I think it was my candor. It was my sincerity. It was, Hey, He's just a retired grandfather. He just wants the truth. He's not going to expose you that, you know, and that's what I've heard from other people in my position. You don't expose somebody, you're gold in the intelligence community. And I never Amen. will. I never will talk about my sources. They are, they are, they take their, their, uh, who they are. 
that goes to the grave and it's in the vault with me. How did you try to do your own authentication of this video that you're referring to? People are going to think that I told you to ask these questions. It's <laughs> another great question. Again, I hope people take this interview. Whatever you feel, because what I'm telling you is the truth, simply my my experience. I'm not laying any declarative statements that um, that that uh, I had to be able to come on programs like this and look people in the face and say, "Here's what else I did." I just didn't take information and say, oh, this is the truth. So great question. Number one, I took the film to a special effects and video analysis who National Geographic hired to analyze microscopically, so to speak, the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film. I figured if, if he's good enough for National Geographics, it's good enough for Jon Stewart. He analyzed this film. And he gave me startling information that he doesn't think it was an animatronic foam doll because there are no creases in the, the bean's armpits because you do see the full thorax once the doctor shines the light on the full body. And it was the production company to let people know who darkened it. You know, people say it's dark. You can only see the head. It's got to be a puppet. You watch the entire video in close up. You see the light on the entire thorax. He also said it was without a doubt 16 millimeter, which really in 91, only, only, you know, um, very few motion picture people used, but who really used 16 millimeter heavily in 91 was the United States government. And, um, and he's still going to do my job. He also saw a pastor, there's a bizarre physiological monitor that we still don't concretely know what it really did. And it blips up and down. It was bizarre. That's what really caught me to this, grabbed me to this film. And a special effects person said, oh, I can recreate that with a laser. All that is is a pane of glass with two brackets off of a, a game called Connect Four. This, I'm, I'm not a kid's game called Connect Four and a pane of glass and a laser beam. I said, Jesus, probably is a hoax then. Bill Mums finds out it is a bracketed medical, actual electronic box device. It is not a pane of glass. It is bracketed by metal. And he found this by microscopically. He has a, he finds a, a stool, S-T-O-O-L, in front of the table, in front of the alien that was bought at Venture, um, Venture stores in 90, in, in, in the late 80s, 90s. This is the detail. We thought it was a laundry basket. It's actually oh, the top yeah. of the stool. This we found that one of that one of the military person that did that because again, this wasn't a polished video from Hollywood, that one of the military people in the foreshadow of the camera, um, that sometimes you saw his shoulder had a epaulette of stars and a patch on it on, on his military jacket. Um Someone else, another researcher, found that another person on the the right of the camera who also gets into the camera view once in a while is holding a handheld Sony VHS mini monitor. Just bizarre, bizarre things that other people, not me, because there's another thing that I, you know, want your people, want your viewers to understand, and you, is that I, the credit that I give other people, other researchers, the internet itself, um, for allowing me this crazy application, the internet and computers to help me navigate and do this 
relatively quick, quickly within five years. But the, the but the other information also too, it wasn't a gray alien. It was tan. It didn't have gray alien almond eyes. It had brown eyes. Why would you hoax a video of a gray alien and not make it gray and have round round eyes instead of almond eyes and putting Department of Naval Intelligence, an agency that doesn't exist, so people in '97 could say this is a hoax. This 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 agency doesn't exist. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because it wasn't really a hoax by the government or by Hollywood. It was just a run of the mill. I hate to say that to be derogatory towards our astral brothers and sisters, but it really was a run-of-the-mill interrogation of, of, of a biological being um, in an underground facility. And we find out that the facility wasn't S4 at Papoose Lake. The facility uh, was called S2 Alpha, and that's what another whistleblower. And then a master sergeant four years later, six months ago, came up on the internet and said, what John Stewart is telling you about the facility that held the beans, S2 Alpha, I was there. The facility is correct. Here's how you get in. Here's the security clearances. And Pastor, let me stop my my diatribe with one last thing that I don't think a screenwriter in 97 hoaxing this video could have ever found out. On the bottom of the video is 27, the number 27. Victor, the whistleblower, in an attempt, in my opinion, to throw us off the beaten path, and I believe who didn't even know himself, said it's a cataloging system. That's kind of true. We found out, I found out six months ago, folks, listen to me here. The number 27 is a umbrella security designation for what is called Yankee White. Yankee White is an umbrella security designation given to anyone who briefs or has contact with the president of the United States of America. So if you are in a conference room and this film comes on, and you see 27, and you don't have that security clearance, you have to get up and leave the room. We saw first saw the 27 on Ronald Reagan briefing, and I asked the military intelligence insider, does 27 have a significance I should know about because it's on the Victor film? And he said, he said, oh, my God, that's Yankee White. He said, John, I, I don't want to muddle your investigation or take you into the Da Vinci Code of this investigation he said, but that means that either George H. Bush was going to view this film or somebody in that room was going to talk to George H. Bush and brief him about this film. And the one name, the one bombshell, and I'll stop after this, that I will give you that was on this list because he's deceased, was Rear Admiral Schaefer, nicknamed Ted Schaefer. He was in, allegedly in this room. He is on the internal investigation documents as a viewer of this room. Do you know what he did back in 91? He was the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, directly reporting to Colin Powell. I have proven that him and Colin Powell were together in the Oval Office many times briefing the President of the United States. And that's why 27 was on the bottom of this film. And if people can look me in the eye and say, think that a 26, 23-year-old screenwriter in Southern California in 1996 could have thought of that or knew that right, when that right. information really only came out in the, the mid-2000s via Linda Moulton Howe, then you got a better imagination than me. Yeah, amen, amen. What were some of the other things that just didn't add up as you were discovering what the government was saying? The fact that, and I'm not saying who did this, the fact that when I went on... Uh, 
the biggest alternative podcast, my red but deleted emails were swiped off my phone. They were swiped off my phone a second time. I am not claiming the government. They were swiped off my phone a second time. A week ago, I finally took a video screenshot. So I videotaped my my um, phone. An investigator named Chris Jackson from South North Carolina. He has another contact with Defense Intelligence, with the Department of Naval Intelligence, retired. We were on the phone. He's like, he's going to go to, I can't make this up. He's going to McDonald's with his new laptop that we had to pay for to get the Wi-Fi signal so he couldn't be tracked. He is going to research all the names again on your report. So I'm talking about, and we're going to put this in the documentary. Here we're talking about an insider going to go get Wi-Fi from McDonald's to tap into some computer program. My phone, I, my phone does the circle. All of my emails are blank. I've got this recorded. I'm not saying who did this. It's this bizarre, this electronic bizarreness pastor that I was warned by a name, man they named Chad Kalick. He's a documentary, documentary director, producer. He said, John, I've been dealing with ghosts and spirits for 20 years. Nothing's ever weird happened to me in my personal life. The week I investigated aliens, my life electronically went haywire. I pray for you. And ever since I've been investigating this, my life has gone electronically haywire where Apple did a deep Apple did a forensic uh, 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 forensic deep dive in my phone. AOL, Google. I hired a Russian hacker from Chicago. <laughs> I spoke with a, a, a consultant for credit card companies. He lives in Australia. He's one of the top security cyber experts in the world. Do you know what he said to me when I just simply told the stories of the electronic weirdness, especially the, the red but not deleted emails going off my phone? He said, there's only two people that could have done that. One's in the sky and one's in Washington. He said, do you get my meaning? And I said, I get your meaning. He said, there you go. So um, so I this weirdness, Pastor, that, that has happened. Let me tell you some other things. I've done eight FOIA requests, Freedom of Information. I did, I did a bunch with DIA. Remember, they run this program. I am jovial. Pastor, I've had these FOIA people laughing. There's one woman, her name is Cheryl. She's like, oh, hello. Oh, this is the alien guy from Chicago. This is the DIA. You know, just trying to create like a, like a, a relationship. Yeah. And, um, and so I sent a top secret document request that is on the internet. So I'm not getting into top secret files. I'm not doing anything illegal. And I call up, I, I follow up on it. And, he's, and I get this man named Andrew at D Defense Intelligence Agency. This is weird. What's weird? Your name's on our computer without a file. Okay. What's so weird about it? He's like, Mr. Stewart, I've been here a while. I have never seen a name without a file. You can't get on this computer system unless you have a FOIA request file attached. I'm like, and? He's like, well, somebody removed it. I'm like, oh, that's comforting. The government is removing my file. And you've never seen this. And Pastor, I have heard, I've never seen this before, 20 times in five years in regards to this investigation. Yeah, yeah. I call him back an hour later. He's upset. He's curt. He's very short with me, like he's in trouble or he's mad at me. We hang up the phone. 20 minutes later, I get this deep dive email. I have the copy. 
that says, due to the nature of your request, we will have to conduct interagency conferences and meetings to verify how we can disseminate and get in and, and distribute, if it's possible, this information to you. A used car retired dealer, a former wrestler, sent a, co- a, a request to DIA, and the government has to now have conferences and inner meetings, <laughs> in, inner compartmental meetings about a a request from a retired car dealer. I ask your viewers, does that make sense to you? I mean, does does that do do, do alarm bells go off? I'm not making any declarative statement. This might happen. Yeah. All the time. I don't think it is, but if does that sound weird? Let me tell you one last thing. I get a contact from the National Air and Space Intelligence Center at Wright Pat. If the ufology world was 9-11, Wright Pat might as well be the Twin Towers. It's it's dead center since the 40s of extraterrestrials. This whistleblower is willing to come forward on a documentary with me. Um he takes my questions to his CEO. He ghosted me for four months. Who else ghosted me? Remember the Admiral? Let me just break. I've had three people from the military tell me most people in the military are honorable. They will not lie to you. They just won't talk to you anymore. So they don't lie to you. So they don't put their foot in the mouth. And so they don't deny it. If it is true, they won't talk to you. I get ghosted again by this man. One of the nicest young men I've ever spoke to. If this is who the government hires to monitor extraterrestrials in this program. I'm complimenting the government. This was a quality. This was a, this was a man of God, a, just a quality individual. He ghosts me after I sent him the questions to appear in this documentary. I finally say, look, are you alive? Are you all right? Are you in trouble? And am I in trouble? He sends me back a terse text. You could tell was written by someone and said, you put this on your text message. This is my opinion. His nice Cordial, happy Thanksgiving text messages turned into, I have been requested to no longer have contact with you and cease and desist all communications with you. You are not to share copy uh, uh, this this text message under DOD uh, security classification, V7225, all this Department of Defense coding, coding, C-O-D-I-N-G. I'm looking at it like, who, who is this? This was a guy that was wishing me happy Thanksgiving. He's now telling me that don't you ever call me again and you are not to, to disseminate this information in our conversations to no one. It's, and so, again, reporters have told me, like John McCain, folks, like the DIA, like this man, you're hitting, you're touching the third rail. You're touching a raw nerve and people are getting upset. And I ask you, I ask you, and I will stop. I ask your listeners, Pastor, I ask you, I'm not making any statements. Why are people in Washington, D.C. and at the Pentagon and in these intelligence offices getting upset at a 56-year-old semi-retired auto dealer, grandfather of three? Why? Why is everyone, why are the alarm bells going off amongst these people? Uh, That's for you to figure out. That's That's right, sir. So when will you be releasing your documentary? So this is another point of a contention with people. I knew Hollywood enough to never tell people it's coming. It's coming. 
I signed a what's called a shop agreement, production agreement, March of 2022. This was a year after I signed another. Hey, we're going to go. We're going to start filming. We're going to we're going to try and sell this documentary for you in 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 um in March of 2021. So I've been I've been having people in Hollywood saying we're going to give you the funding to complete this. We're going to put a documentary out since March of 21. Forgive me. I knew I, I knew better. Pastor, I I retain the ability to tell you when I'm wrong. You know, I've been wrong a lot with this doc with this investigation, the documentary. And I was wrong to tell people it's coming, it's coming. I sounded like a broken record. So I was told last week that they are uh, this week, as we speak, trying to lay inroads to like Hulu and Netflix and HBO or Amazon, whatever, to get the funding to finish off because we've got about 30 to 40 hours in the can, so to speak, and finish the po what's called post-production on it. But I can't guarantee anything. All I can tell you that if Hollywood doesn't want to do this, I'm just going to sit in a room uh, with a director friend of mine and his modern camera, and I'm just going to belt out every step of the way the names of the people on this list and give the UFO world who deserves it um, the names and the name of Victor. Because people told me, Pastor, and I'll stop again, that you prove who Victor is. You prove this whole thing. If he's an actor, this is a this is a Hollywood hoax. If Victor is a government employee or for the government or from the government or a scientist, well, then it's got to be real. Why is a scientist going to spend $100,000 to make a video production where he, we think he got about thirty to 40000 for turning over the VHS tape? Where Where is the, the inherent value? Why? Why would a government employee do this? He wouldn't. So everyone from government to Hollywood said, just prove Victor. You've proven the video. So I've proven Victor. I've proven Victor's down to two people. Let me be very specific. And I think I owe the UFO community to find out. I know 90% who he is. To find out on film in front of the ufology community who exactly Victor is. I owe people that. So when I say I know who he is, it's him or someone else, I've got a 90% probability. And um, I, 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 I owe it to the people to bring all of this, this information forward. And I'm going to do that regardless of Hollywood, because I have enough people in Chicago, producers, directors, documentarians that'll be like, we're just going to put you in a room with good B with, you know, with good follow up. Role and it won't be sexy, but it's going to tell the whole story. So, folks, just just bear with me. I hate Man. people when I was growing up telling you it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And and going to be a book or anything of, as well. And, 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 and of you know, of course, my publisher, my editor is like, well, you can't write the book yet; it's not finished. <laughs> Your journey, which I guess would be what the documentary coming out or government saying yes, John Stewart. He is correct, and he's backing what David Gross said. I guess that's the end of the end, end of the journey. So, but yes, I've written probably 150 pages of documenting exactly what I was telling you, but also other interesting tidbit stories and and backstories and whatnot. So, uh, and and that book is called Hunting Victor, which is you know hunting the whistleblowers. So, yeah, and, yeah. and hopefully that'll be out next yeah. next year. Um, yeah. I have a book coming out on November 28th about the second Roswell crash. That's a whole nother, but um, and writing a book is challenging, but, um, but yeah, I, I just want people to know to look in my eyes 
and, and say, look, it, it, we're going to get we're going to get resolution to this. And I apologize for seemingly stringing people along. That was never my intention. And about seven people have all these names. So I am not hiding this information from anyone. Man. Well, if someone has a question or like more information or maybe have you on do an interview like this, how can they do that? Yeah. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, that's one last thing. And again, I'm not trying to sell myself. I just want to be honest that um, the, a caveat of what I'm doing about the hunting Victor, the area, this, this investigation, this alien retention investigation is that I don't monetize it for the UFO people and people on the internet, so to speak, you know, my channel, you know, I'm not, asking anyone to PayPal me, Patreon. I'm in this for about $20,000, much to the demise of my wife. Um, and I'm proud to say I don't ask anybody for money. And not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, we have to pay YouTube create creators because that's almost a full-time job. I don't ask anybody to like or click. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I want to keep this pure as much as I can. And let Hollywood pay me, not your viewers. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, yeah, okay, good. So I wanted to keep this investigation pure to say, whoa, whoa, this guy's into this for 20 grand. He doesn't, he doesn't care if you like or click his channel. And that's true. So with all that being said, I just like giving out my email. If you have something okay. relevant for this investigation, you are not going to break my heart. If you tell me, Hey, my uncle has this doll, <laughs> this puppet in his garage. You're not, we just want the truth. We want the truth. Either way. My email is John J O N spelled like John Stewart from Comedy Central. My middle name, Alan, A-L-A-N, without two L's. My last name, Stewart, like Jimmy Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T at AOL.com. Pastor, if you could put this email on in post-production, that'd be great. Yep. And people, I've been credited. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I will answer your email within hours. Um, I appreciate all the comments. You know, I don't need to hear that. Yes, I hit Sergeant Slaughter over the head with a chair, and I was a, I was an evil wrestler. I know that. It was part of the script. But if you have something relevant, you want to well-wish, you want to criticize something, hey, I'm open for anything. Help me. I'm asking the internet, like I've done for five years. Help John Stewart. Help me make get this investigation to conclusion into fruition. Amen. And thank you for having me on. God bless Amen. you and all your Amen. listeners. I mean Amen. that sincerely. Well, folks, like I said, this was an super interesting interview especially from pastor bob's perspective is as i'm i've always been fascinated with this topic you know, from growing up in the 70s as john and i were talking prior to the beginning of the recording i mean this was front and center for us back then and uh, you know it's just so interesting to be able to talk with someone who's actually done the research on this stuff and john i appreciate the time that you took today to to reach out to us and come on the program, share what you found so far. And, and we're looking forward to having you come back on again in the future and give us updates. And anytime you feel like coming on, just let us know. All right. I really look forward to that. And I appreciate that. And pastor, I will be back on. Amen. <laughs> and folks, if you have something that you could help John with, maybe more information on this topic or anything like that, be sure to click the link down below and email. Him. Praise God. You know, yeah, it's a great it's the time to, to research it and vet it. And, Yep. possibly included yeah. in the documentary yeah I, I, i've gotten the emails already pastor my dad was in you know my father once said when he was in the air force so keep keep them coming keep them coming please amen folks that's all the time we have for today praise god for john stewart myself though this is pastor by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.